my guests today are two unique singer, songwriter, and guitarists from Louisiana and Switzerland. Bill Chandler, who is from Louisiana, and Florian Fox from Switzerland. I'm pleased to welcome Bill and Florian to Hitting the High Note. Hi, Hi. Kevin. Hi, Florian. Good to meet you. I'm here with Phil. He's also here just to make sure that everything works out fine. Hey, Kevin. Good to yeah. see you. <laughs> good to see you, Phil. <laughs> so cool you could uh, make time for this interview. It's a real pleasure being here. And uh, uh, we played a lot of shows last couple, a couple of days. So this is our, our free day. And we uh, finally have, have um, a good time with you, Kevin, awesome. to talk about uh, our music, I guess. Yeah. Excited to be uh, on hitting the high notes. I heard a lot about you from Will and Phil, and uh, uh, so you got a lot of podcasts online and uh, a lot of musicians. You're you're running all around the country. I see. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you primarily doing these interviews at festivals, or what's uh, what's sort of the basic setup, the the usual setup for this? Yeah, it's all over the place. Uh, festivals, and then you know, remote on Zoom and all that. Even conventions, too. Cool. Yeah. There's a lot of cool festivals around here, right, in Louisiana. I've only oh, yeah. begun to, you know, sort of understand the whole musical landscape. So Will and Phil have been showing me around a little. Uh, we've, we've been doing a lot of gigs last last week, and we're continuing doing gigs this week. So and they'll come to me uh, to Switzerland in August. So we're going to, we're, we're having a busy summer here. Extend the tour a little bit. Yeah, we've been running old Florian through the ringer over here. Uh, what, six shows in five days? Oh, yeah. Gulf yeah. Shores, all around Louisiana. Wow. That's so, awesome. You know, the full extent of the South. We've been working on a lot of recordings as well. I mean, we're working on right now, us and Will are working on a cover of, as you know, When in Rome's The Promise. It's like Florian here is also recorded on the track as well. It's like following Andrew Mann's part. And uh, it sounds great. Yesterday, we just shot a music video for it out in the July Louisiana heat, which was brutal, but it was a oh, lot yeah. of fun and a beautiful place. Uh, got to go to an old cattle ranch where there aren't any more cattle. So it's just beautiful, rustic scenery everywhere. We were able to get a good country video, good down home country oh, yeah. video. What kind of a place do you manage to get a more authentic country music feel than on, on a cattle ranch? Right? <laughs> yeah, we've been going all over, and uh, we've been getting uh, Florian here to play his brand of Swiss rockabilly for all these people surprising him. Oh, uh, yeah. Swiss back of rock like that. Yeah, maybe I can, you know, explain a little bit about my background, where I come from, and what's, what's my story. Yeah. So I'm a country music singer. From Zurich, Switzerland, and Switzerland is a tiny country in the middle of Europe. Uh, we primarily make watches, cheese, and chocolate, but we also have a very uh, strong uh, interest and proclivity for for American country music. We love it. There's a huge scene over there. We have large festivals, and I've sort of been raised on country music. Um, my father lived in the U.S. for quite a long time in the '60s. He always said that's the best time for music. Uh, he's an architect, not a musician, and it, sort of as a fun fact, he was um, he was involved in uh, building the uh, the highways around Nashville, right? And so, and he brought back a lot of these uh, records from Johnny Cash, Joan Baez, and so forth. And uh, a lot, you know, a, lot, a long time later in the '90s, when I was starting to listen to these uh, recordings with him, um, sort of infected me, and I started trying out these these tunes and started playing and so a long time later now i'm uh, touring in the u.s myself i recorded a couple of albums now in, in nashville um i had the privilege of recording with a couple of the original members of the johnny cash band the, the ones that are surviving uh, today so yeah i, I had a my, my act is sort of based both in europe and and the u.s and it's a great privilege for european artists also to be touring in the U.S., it's only very few who do this, and vice versa. It's great to take Will and Phil 
uh, to Europe for this combined tour because there's not that many U.S. artists who sort of serve as ambassadors to uh, of, of country music in Europe. Uh, I don't know how you feel about this. Uh, I'm honored to be an ambassador. Uh, I really hope that, uh, you know, we have less traveling trouble than you did coming over here. Uh, old, uh, old Florian here had the, his flight to New Orleans got canceled. Oh, yeah. The drive. You got to see the country and, you know. <laughs> really did, yeah. So, so you know, the, the past, I don't know how you feel about this, Kevin, but, the, you know, the airlines have become a little unreliable ever since the pandemic. And so my last four flights in the U.S. have been a nightmare, um, four out of four. And uh, so this time I was flying in from Zurich uh, to Chicago. And the idea was to continue the flight to New Orleans, and uh, one hour before the flight should have gone, I should have left to New Orleans. It got canceled. So wow. what options do you have? Um, uh, either take the train, which I didn't find out about um, uh, in, the first, in the first place. So I rented a car. And I rented a car and I drove all the way from Chicago to New Orleans. <laughs> which uh, is quite, it's, it's, I, th I think it's drive. Quite, yeah, that's a drive. It's just 13 hours. So I, I thought I'd split it in two uh, in two days because I arrived on in Chicago on a Sunday and I was supposed to start the tour on Wednesday. So I had two sort of spare days just to, you know, I would have used to adjust the jet lag. But I got to see some very exciting stuff on the way. Um, first of all, I heard about this. I had heard about the train running from Chicago to New Orleans. Uh, it, Many folks may recall the, the song, a willing, uh, originally written by Arlo Guthrie, but it was famously uh, put out by, um, by Willie Nelson, City of New Orleans, right? And he sort of, in the song, he describes the, the ride on this night train uh, from Chicago to New Orleans. And one of the stations that he described on this ride was, in the song, was Kankakee. And I, all of a sudden, when I drove down the highway, the I-55, I just uh, saw a sign, Kankakee. And I thought, that place sounds familiar to me from the song. And so I got off the highway and I drove into this town. I had no idea what, would be, what I would have to expect. And I found a tiny, tiny railroad station. And there was just one track. And the train station looked more like a museum. And there was a conductor there, former conductor of Amtrak. It was called uh, Jim. And he was very kind to show me around this place and uh, this museum. So he had two cars that were uh, two railroad cars that were uh, refurbished and sort of I got the authentic feel of what it must have felt like in the 60s and 70s to ride this uh, in this railroad in the city of New Orleans. And that was much more spacious than an airplane today, I got to tell you. <laughs> surprised when those trains do one time uh i was coming back from chicago as well and i actually took the train that you didn't know about oh yeah and uh oh they had this entire you know i thought there would be all the security and stuff it's just dave it's yeah. just dave down by the station who points to you and says the train's <laughs> over there and uh all these women got on right and all of a sudden it was like a signal. They all just like opened up their bags and one woman pulled out like fried chicken and another woman pulled out like mashed potatoes and another woman pulled out green beans. And they were literally just passing around plates and like you'd pass it to Bertha and she'd put mashed potatoes on it and pass it on an entire assembly line of a meal. Mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> going wow. on on the train. Wow. Unbelievable. And the steward's like, oh, you want some ice? I'll get you some ice. And they're like, fix him a plate. Fix them a plate too. <laughs> well, the trains are wild, but uh, unfortunately, that wasn't your last stop. So. <laughs> I think next time I'll take the train, though. So. Yeah, well, at least you you get an adventure, a lot of adventure for the money, right? Well, so he he got the truly experience of the the true taste of the South. Um, driving back, he stopped in Arkansas to visit Johnny Cash's uh, childhood home. Yes, that was sort of the next stop that I did. So I looked along the map, you know, I, I stopped in a hotel and then uh, for the next day, I laid out my, uh, my track for, uh, for the, you know, for the final run in New Orleans. And I saw that DIS, RDS, Arkansas is very close to the, first of all, to the railroad tracks and uh, secondly to 
the interstate that runs straight north and south. And I had sort of no imagination of what DS Arkansas would look like. I mean, it's Johnny Cash's boyhood uh, hometown. And um, I was very surprised when I got there uh, because it is called a colony, right? It's called a DS colony or DS colony. And I, I sort of felt a little weird about that. What's a colony doing? I mean, whole of America is a colony, but what does a colony actually mean? I wasn't familiar, familiar with that term. And so I found out that this, this whole town was actually built from scratch during the Great Depression. And Franklin Roosevelt, the president back then, he had this program for impoverished families to get new farms, get a new grounds for living, and um, there were there used to be I asked a couple of locals there there used to be just houses and houses and houses tiny houses in, in rows a couple of miles apart farmhouses um, for these families who would then um, take this land which was not actually very good farmland so that the government got it at a very cheap price but it was farmland that they could do with it whatever they wanted. And um, that, that was sort of the setting, right? And if you look at this, this countryside today, it doesn't look that much different from back then, I could imagine, but it's still very much open space. It's very flat. Uh, there's nothing going on. And you got a town hall. It's very pretty. It's, it looks more like a museum than anything else. You got a couple of houses spread out, but it's, I mean, there's not much going on. There's a theater, but it's deserted. So it's really, it still feels like this was a colony. It's never going to be anything else. What's it like for you as somebody who discovered country music really far away coming here and basically finding like almost like the breadcrumbs of these songs in real life, you know? It, it's, it's, it's like a revelation, I got to tell you. I mean, I, I played country music for a while before coming to the U.S. for the first time to do music, to make music. I mean, I was in the U.S. a couple of times, but without any relationship to playing music. Um, but these times now that I come to the U.S. with the intention of making music and discovering these places, I sort of develop a deeper understanding for where this music comes from, why it was written the way it is written. For instance, if you look at Johnny Cash's Boyhood Home, imagine yourself being in that tiny house with pretty much nothing around except for cotton fields and a couple of neighbors some mile, a couple of miles away. What else have you got to do except for reading the Bible in the evening? If you have a radio, you listen to the radio until the batteries run out and you pick cotton during the day. And so this type of existence explains, I mean, the, the family, Johnny Cash family went out to the cotton fields they would sing out in the fields during the day to keep themselves entertained. Uh, they would go home, have dinner, read the Bible, and then go to bed. And the only kind of entertainment they had was this tiny radio that's actually on display in Johnny Cash's house. That's on display. You could look at that radio. And that's where Johnny heard for the very first time the Grand Ole Opry and June Carter. June Carter on the Grand Ole Opry. So that, that was his first musical experience. And so if you combine these elements, right, his upbringing on the countryside, um, his reading of the Bible, plus the Grand Ole Opry, that pretty much explains how Johnny Cash evolved, right? And so you really start to understand as a foreigner, you start to understand how the sound actually evolved. And that's the most fascinating thing about this. And you, you and develop a whole new connection with the sound, and I also believe, and that's essential for Florian Fox as a musical act, as a country music act, I believe you can be a fan of country music even if you don't come from the US. But if you wanna truly make country music that touches people's hearts, be it in Europe or be it even in the US, you gotta feel the life behind this music. You gotta, you gotta make your own experiences and make your own experiences that can be expressed in these kind of tunes. You got to feel the people. And so for me, the most fascinating thing about coming here is meeting actual people who do this sound, who live this life, and feel it, and will are a part of this. And so it's a great honor and, and a privilege to be with you.
and maybe something else that comes to my mind with regards to meeting people. Um, I had sort of um, not a clear imagination of what Nashville, uh, I lived there for a pretty long time now, uh, what Nashville would be like before I came there. And I find it to be one of the most beautiful towns I've ever seen. And in many ways, um, it's, it reminds me a lot of home in a certain sense that it's, it's a big city. However, it's not a quite as big as, you know, San Francisco, New York, or some other place. It's, you can still drive around the city center in a pretty reasonable time, reasonable traffic. Um, and it's spread out, but it feels a little, it feels, still feels a little rural. And it's very, it's got a very personal um, atmosphere. You know, it's, it's sort of people are friendly, very kind, they're easy to connect with. And especially there's this huge amount of talent. It's a huge amount of talent and nobody really brags about it. That's the most wonderful thing. Um, people are modest. And I think that's pretty much in the spirit of a country music artist that you come from modest background. And even if you rise up um, and may become famous that you still remain this hungry and modest person. And so for instance, um, I was, uh, I had the privilege of recording with, with Dave Rowe, who used to be Johnny Cash's bass player in the 90s. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was the most down to earth, kind person I've ever met over here. I mean, just, uh, I was, we were recording this second album of mine made in Nashville that just came out, second of March, recording this album together. And so my producer, Chuck Mead, I'm gonna talk a little bit about him if you like to. So Chuck was, uh, he brought in my, uh, a couple of musicians to record this album and I told him, you know, how about making this really authentic? Do you think we could get some of the really historic pickers on, on this album? He said, well, you know, I happen to know a couple of Johnny Cash's old musicians and Elvis uh, musicians and said, wow, oh my God, how does that work? You know, and he said, well, I'll just bring them in tomorrow. And uh, I said, which world am I living in? Is this a dream or something? Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. And so next morning, I come in, I come in at nine o'clock and uh, who's sitting there uh, by the coffee machine? The guy I've seen, I've seen playing on YouTube for, for years, you know, Dave. And he says, hi, I'm Ro. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> and so we started recording and we had, we had a great time. We had a great time. And um told him a lot about myself he told me a lot about himself he even gave me um you know a badge from uh, johnny cash uh, one of johnny cash's tours in the 90s just gave me you know a, a suitcase badge and that's just that's just something i believe that only happens in nashville yeah people that are so down to earth so easy to um to connect with and that's that's really fascinating so much talent and yeah maybe a couple of words about my producer in nashville uh, my producer, Chuck Mead, he was a founding member of BR549. There's probably a lot of folks who remember that honky-tonk group, BR549, who sort of started out in the early 90s um, playing Roberts Western World in Nashville. So that Roberts used to be a, um, a clothes shop, right? You could get... Um, Written clothes in there. And so Roberts had the idea of um, establishing a band in there so more people would come in and buy the clothes. And so that band was BR549, which is named after, uh, after a sign that's been held up during in the, the Hee Haw series, right? In the 70s. And uh, so this BR549, they, they became this, um, they started out very modest and they became this huge honky-tonk act, which would start to attract people um, from all the way Japan, right? To, to come to the U.S. and listen to this sound. They were on Letterman. They were everywhere, right? And um, you got to imagine that. I've been told, Chuck told me that in the 90s, Nashville was a pretty rundown town. You know, this lower Broadway was, was not much going on. It was actually a pretty dangerous place. And bringing this live music back to Nashville is um, this, this whole scene is, is largely um, the part and the part of, of BR 549. And after BR, 
was dissolved around 2010. Chuck sort of made a spinoff, his own band, Chuck Mead and the Grassy Old Boys. And he's been on tour in Europe and the US and pretty much everywhere. Um, and he's my my closest uh, friend in Nashville and, and a great mentor. So he's, uh, um, I, I got to show him a lot of gratitude for introducing me to those great people and producing these records. Yeah, Chuck Mead, you and Chuck and uh, Emily Harris played the U.S. Outlaw Country Music Cruise. What was that experience like for you? That was that was mind blowing. You gotta know. I mean, this this is huge, right? So we we have these cruises. We have country music cruises in the Mediterranean Sea, so in Europe we have that too. Or we sort of copied it, I think, from the U.S. But I mean, the, the U.S. Outlaw Cruise—that's sort of the biggest party you can get for for outlaw country fans. This is not pop country. This is the real stuff, right? And um, seeing Ronnie Crowell, Carlene Carter. Emily Harris, Chuck Mead, and all these guys being on board together. That's like Disneyland for, for an emerging country musician, right? And so um, I was I was in touch with Chuck and, and said, you know, why don't you why don't you come uh, uh, come with me and uh, we'll we'll play together. And so we we played a show on on that ship and I gotta meet all these people there. I mean, I, I was backstage with with Carlene Carter and um, it's, it's just unbelievable, right? Because you think, well, it all, it all happens so quickly. And, um, but it also shows that, you know, a certain perseverance pays off. I think that's, that's what you need in, in this business, but also in, in, in making new friends, right? You got to be open. You got to be um, curious and, and show the people respect. I think it's the curiosity, the openness and the respect that sort of paved the way that that great things can be achieved. And I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled and so honored. I still can't believe it that I was on this Outlaw Country Music Cruise. Tell us more about your second album, Made in Nashville. Yeah. So my, ver- my first album um, that was produced in the U.S. was called uh, Made, in the- Made in USA. And that was sort of, that marked a turning point, both in my personal history and in my musical history, because I was doing country music before that, um, but I wanted to move to the U.S. to really give myself this authentic feeling of country. That, that's what we were talking about before, right? So if you really want to write country music that touches people's hearts, go to the birthplace of country music. So, And in this album, it was also a, a point of a turning point in my personal history. I wanted there were certain things I wanted, you know, to, to clean up in my life and, and and give it a fresh start. And it music was sort of like a an instrument to or a way to express this and to make this change, make this new start. So you'll find um, original tunes, all original tunes on that album made in USA. So and then after we produced this album with Chuck, uh, we were actually finished a little earlier than we had expected. So because it just went so well, we had these 10 songs together and that was it. We thought, well, we still have time for something else. And then I thought, you know, how about um, doing a, a rendition, a, a tribute to my greatest idol in country music, which is Johnny Cash right from from my childhood and i thought how about now that we're here in nashville how about we do a an authentic rendition of the old traditional country music sound without wanting to copy it to bring it to my own sound but sort of to give it an an authentic background right and get get these authentic old time pickers on that record and see how does that work out you know a new artist a young artist with these very experienced cats from, from the 60s, 70s, and 90s. I mean, that's, that was an experiment, right? And uh, first of all, I thought, of, I, I'll just throw this out at Chuck and see what he thinks. And I was very uh, surprised that he said, well, we can actually do this. And I thought, well, welcome to, to Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so that, that's the main background. So after this first album, um, with full originals, I thought this is a tribute to uh, the greatest idols. And together, you sort of, when you take the two albums together, I think you get a very solid impression of what Florian Fox or who Florian Fox actually is. You see my personal development to the artist that I'm today, 
in the first album, and you see my rendition to my roots in the second album. And the Made in Nashville album, the second one came out on the 2nd of March, 2023. And um, I got, uh, it's, it's been released um, on CD. So I do it a little in the traditional way. So I didn't put it all on Spotify. I put one track on Spotify, which is Southwind. Um, and that's a Johnny Cash tune. Uh, we recorded this with Charlie McCoy. So Charlie McCoy is um, the, probably the most famous um, harmonica player that, that you can find in country music. He's been on unbel an unbelievable number of records. Um, he's a member of the Country Music Hall of Fame now, a Musicians Hall of Fame, and he's just uh, a mind-blowing mind player. So he, he did the, the harmonica on that, on that record. And so I'll probably put out the, the whole album on, on Spotify sometime, but that's probably going to be after this tour because, of course, we appreciate people you know, coming up to us and buying the CD and supporting live country music. Yeah, you mentioned that there are so many talented artists in Nashville, and Nashville is a very talented city with so many great country music artists that, you know, not a lot of people know about, and with hitting the high note, you know, get them noticed. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there's a huge influx of, of artists from the entire U.S. as well as from other countries, because Nashville has got this, has got this reputation of being the capital of country music, right? And there's a huge amount of talent. I mean, there's there's a couple of artists that I've that I've met during this, um, during my time there. For instance, Nathan Belt and the Buckles. I think that's a, that's a very cool group. I mean, they've got this fantastic um, old traditional rockabilly sound. It's just very inspiring, very inspiring that somebody does that today. And there's artists such as Margot Price, which is just mind blowing, you know. And uh, I think at the same time, we should be careful, right, not to underestimate the rest of the country, and I mean the U.S., because Nashville's got a huge name, but there's also a lot of, there's a grassroots movement going on, and there's a grassroots movement in Texas, there's the red dirt scene in the Midwest, and there's also a movement in Louisiana, and who we're talking about, Will and Phil especially, because they've sort of become the forefront of this, um, of this traditional country outlaw country music scene down here that's developing very fast in in the very south of, of the u.s so they've just done an amazing job in within less than i think two years that you've been on the road now right yeah two years on the road and in the studio uh you know we have pull out beds by the drum set <laughs> don't go home my animals don't know who i am anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my girl oh yeah well you know i walk in the door like i come home and the locks don't work like my keys <laughs> so much for the outlaw right yeah the well, <laughs> way i gotta look at it is like nashville is an amazing center for talent it really is some of the things that get put into the big machine for mm -hmm. uh for country music like the artists who get all this recognition or like I, i'll call it the mickey mouse club if you want to stay with the uh visiting like the very small like super top of the heap artists you know, they put out things and the, the sound that comes out of Nashville has always been changing. But there's a certain amount of people who feel like somehow what's coming out from the big, big artists isn't quite as country as its roots used to be. So the, this grassroots movement, there's an entire group of artists like, I mean, Tyler Childers is a very popular one. Uh, you know, Whiskey Myers, uh, Coulter Wall. There's a whole bunch of people where they're like, you know, say somebody like Coulter Wall who literally denies interviews so he can go be a rancher. You know, that's actual <laughs> like country living. Mm -hmm. Be like, I'll call you back when I'm done birthing this calf right now. You know, <laughs> but uh, there's a there's the culture that's wanting to bring it back. And I mean, you know, people like that don't play on the radio, but they get requested mm -hmm. all the time. And that shows that there's definitely a desire for people who want to go back to their roots, who want to go back to this golden time where it's like, this was three chords in the truth. 
And I think artists like Florian Fox are bringing it back. I think Will Wesley's bringing it back. There's a whole slew of artists, and as he was saying, Texas and Oklahoma. They're just out there. You just got to dig a little bit in the red dirt. Oh, yeah. And I think, you know, what we've experienced during our tour last year and this year is that there's, there's a huge demand. There's a huge demand for people to come out and listen to this music. I mean, we, we've had a huge ball last week, uh, both in Alabama at the Hangout, which is, you know, the, it's a national stage, right? And people are yelling for more. And the same in, in Baton Rouge, um, we, we played uh, a couple of listening rooms and, and songwriter locations. That's the kind of audience that we're looking for, right? That's the people who actually come out and they come to listen to songs and they want to hear the stories, right? And, and these are the people who also spread the movement. And um, I think that's, that's going to pick up a lot of speed. It's picked up a lot of speed the last two years. I think it's going to move very, very fast. And um, we're going to extend our touring also to these regions, as you said, Oklahoma, the Midwest, the places where people respect and and love this kind of music and i think we got to be careful not to say we're going back you know the word back always says we're it's sort of like you know we're taking a step back but uh to to the roots however actually taking a step forward right you're you're cleansing every now and then there's an artistic cycle i call it right you you have roots and you develop it further and you it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger in terms of, you know, even how many instruments you have on something, how many electronics you put to a track and so forth. And all of a sudden you realize it's too big, right? Strip it down. Think about what actually matters. And that's the process we're going through. So we're actually moving forward, looking back and taking the greatest inspirations, but going forward with a sound, which we believe is three chords of the truth. It actually touches people. I dig it. So Florian, what's your favorite thing about Louisiana so far? A favorite thing about Louisiana? Mm-hmm. Oh, um, Louisiana, I think it's the people. It's most of all, it's the people that I've uh, been able to meet here. It's the epitome of Southern friendliness, you know, especially at gigs, but also, you know, Will and Phil introduced me to a lot of people uh, apart from our touring. And it's just th- this openness to their houses, to receiving guests, and to be able to, where are you from? Oh, what, what does that look like there? And we talk a lot about the U.S. and, and my home, and um, a lot of them, you know, want to, maybe they're, they're going to come visit me at some point. It's, that's long-lasting friendships, and that's what I appreciate very much. And secondly, which may sound ironic, but it isn't, you know, it's, it's the, the warm climate. And right now, it's, I mean, it's, it gives you some trouble sometimes during music video shoots. We had one just yesterday where, you know, we had a leather, I had a leather jacket on for this, this, uh, this kind of outfit, a leather jacket. And it was funny. Um, we, we, had a, we, had a, we had a good time. Um, but, you know, the thing is, in, in Switzerland, we, we have cold weather most of the year. So um, we got a lot of snow, we got a lot of rain. And so this is a, a nice kind of change. And Phil, you were actually sitting in front of Phil's porch here. So this yeah. is the door to Phil's porch. Yeah. And first time I was here in Louisiana, he was <laughs> sitting inside. And I said, why did you come outside? Let's have a drink or something. And he said, I have no way I'm going out there. I said, well, I'll just hang out, you know? Yeah, I was like, oh. <laughs> I was like, I give him, I give him 30 minutes. He made it 45. Well, day one, day one, he spent 45 minutes out there. He's like, wow, it is hot. And it's like, yes, it is. And then we got in the car going to a gig and we cranked up the AC to the maximum. He's like, it doesn't even help. And it's like, it doesn't even help. And by day three, he spoke like a true southerner. He's like, get me in the AC. It's like, open the door, just let me in. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, he's made friends with all the mosquitoes. So you see, I've, I've had a lot of fun in, uh, in the South, and I'm sure the next couple of days are going to be great. So um, we're going to be, do you want to give a little wrap up, Phil, of where we're going to be playing the next couple of days? Oh, sure thing. So tomorrow we actually head out back east. We're going to play the hangout at Gulf Shores, give him one more taste of a warm beach before we send him off to the mountainous cold of Switzerland. (laughs) Uh, Then we'll be coming back to Hammond and playing uh, Gnarly Barley. We'll be doing more of a songwriter set there, uh, getting some very good beer from the good folks at Gnarly Barley. 
And then Saturday, we are back at the LaBerge Casino in Baton Rouge at the brand new Edge Bar. They just totally reconstructed the entire casino. And they have a brand new music venue in the back, which we got to play last week for a special event. It was a beautiful room. Sounds great. Looks great. And uh, we're going to rock it. It's going to have lots of fun. Yeah, Florian, you're going to be playing with Miranda Lambert in September. Tell us yes. more about that. Yes, yeah, so that's um, that's a huge thing. That's a huge thing that um, I'm still amazed that that worked out. You know, it's uh, actually she, Miranda Lambert will come over to Europe. She will play um, in, at the Country Night Stadt, which is um, the probably the most renowned uh, country music festival in the Swiss Alps, so it's high up in the mountains, and Stad is sort of a it's a it's it's like um uh, it's it's like uh, these you know the, the famous ski resorts in the Rocky Mountains. Um, it's a place where people come from all over the world, and uh, you got to imagine it's a it's a city of chalets, right? Of these wooden houses, and um, they have this huge festival the country night Stad, and they they brought in for the past 35 years they brought in the really the top 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 acts of country music so they brought in marty stewart uh, carly pierce they brought in sleep at the wheel they brought in now they're bringing in miranda lambert and so i will be playing an opening set on the main stage for her uh, on 8th and on the 9th the uh, 9th of september uh, of this year and I'm really looking forward to that, and especially to meeting her in person. I mean, she, I, th- I believe she's done some amazing work. I really admire a lot of the songs that she's put out. And um, yeah, I'm really, really excited about this show. Great lineup. And Carly Pierce is phenomenal live. Absolutely. Yeah, I was actually at the um, at the Country Night Stout last year when Carly Pierce played, and I was I was I was very impressed. You know, I was very impressed with her voice, but also with the inner instrumentalist that she she brought along. And um, I got I got to meet her and there in person and uh, at the Western party. They always do this uh, this fun Western party on a Thursday. Right. And so the show's on Friday and a Saturday and you get to meet a couple of the artists. Um, if they want to come out of their hotel, they can, you know, they'll join the Western party. You can meet them uh, on a first name basis. And that's a, that's a really great thing. That's a really great thing. And she, uh, what, what fascinated me about her was that she's also, you know, she's a huge star, but she's just, you know, normal woman. Walk up to her, say, hi, I'm Florian. She's a, I'm Carly. And uh, we've become great friends. That's wonderful. That's super great. And Phil, what was it like? Playing with When in Rome in Hollywood a few weeks ago. That was amazing. That was such a privilege to be over there. It was weird being in such a venue with such a diverse history. And they're very proud of that history. They have photographs of it all over the place. And I mean, you know Will, and Will's a Guns N' Roses fanatic. Uh, and that's where they had a lot of their history. I mean, the Doors played there, the Beatles played there, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, I mean, it goes on and on. Jefferson Airplane, and then you know all these heroes from the '60s played there, and then everybody from the '70s and '80s wanted to play there because everybody from the '60s had played there. Only adding to it, I mean, I think Will had to go pay homage to like a spot where I think Slash almost died, and backstage he had to go see it for himself and be like, "I'm here, I'm right here." But uh, it was amazing to be up on the stage. There were some fantastic bands that night, some fantastic young bands from the area, like 13-year-olds pulling off Randy Rhodes licks and such. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. Like, that's, that's, that kid's going to be good. Uh, their band was called uh, Halfway to Neptune. Great band. But uh, it was so surreal getting caught up on stage from them and then being like, hey, we've learned the country version. To come up here and play it right now. It's just, uh, it's like, oh, this is actually happening. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think right after we played, they uh, they had a surprise for the band. They actually presented the band with uh, platinum records for their hit, The Promise, on wow. stage. Like right after, it was like, oh, guess what we got for you? It it made you know got X many plays on Spotify. Mm-hmm. It sold this many albums. You get something special. It was that was a hell of a night. It really was. Thanks. Hey, thanks out to there to uh, win in Rome too for helping us out with that. That was amazing. Gracious. 
And yeah, look forward to checking out the promise uh, music video when it comes out. You'll see us. Uh, you'll see us smiling in the early July heat of Louisiana. <laughs> you see uh, Florian particularly enjoying the heat. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I, you know, I think that a couple of Louisiana folks are going to laugh seeing me in the summer with a leather jacket. But I've 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 tried my best to hide my sweat pearls on my on my front, you know, on my face. That's another world out here, buddy. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, the good oh, thing yeah. is once you've gotten used to Louisiana heat, nothing's gonna scare you so quickly. Yeah, no, that it's it's true. <laughs> All prepared now. All prepared. Oh, yeah. That is true. Is there anything else you wanna add? Um maybe, you know, if anyone's curious about Florian Fox music, then I suggest you go to florianfox.com. And since I know that Florian is not a very common name out here, I'm going to spell it briefly. It's F-L-O-R-I-A-N. Fox is the easy part, dot com. And um, on the internet, on the Instagram, it's florianfox.music. And it's the same on Facebook. So I'd really um, appreciate, you know, people reaching out and uh, making new friends and, and, uh, and fans and um, texting me. I, I'll be happy to discuss, you know, and, and talk a little about my music and um, see them come to the shows. I mean, if, uh, if you're out there, if you're, if you enjoy this podcast, feel free to look up our tour dates. Also, willwestleymusic.com and come out and see us. We're going to be touring a lot this week in Louisiana and also in Alabama and if anyone's feeling like a big adventure, you want to take a plane to Switzerland, I can only recommend it. We've got some great cities to look at. We've got huge mountains, you know, where you can go for a little hike or exploring. we got some great country music festivals. If you want to come over there, taste some chocolate, taste some cheese, see me, just shoot me a message, boringfox.com. Yeah, if you fly over, we'll give you a free keychain. <laughs> All of yours. Florian, for... People who have never been to Switzerland, what are some great uh, cities to visit? Well, when you fly in, you're probably gonna you're gonna be flying to Zurich, uh, which is the largest city in Switzerland, and it's also one of the most beautiful ones. So you got it's it's a city that's um, on the shore of a lake, right? We got many lakes, and um, you, you should come and and. Uh, check out the restaurants and also in the summer. The summer is the best season. You've been there. Right? Oh my God, it was amazing. Yeah, the amazing thing is the water is very clear. You can rent a little boat and just go for a swim out in the lake or you can take the train and that's the wonderful thing about Switzerland. You got a lot of trains, public transport. Don't need to rent a car if you don't want to. You can take a train, a panorama train. It will take you to the other cool cities, which is for instance, Bern, right? So it's the capital. It's got a lot of historic building there. It's, it's a very charming old town. Um, you can go visit Lucerne. Lucerne is um, probably the most scenic city we have um, because you've got the, the huge lake there that sort of stretches between mountain valleys, different mountain valleys. And you can take a steamboat there so you can ride around uh, the, the steamboat all around the lake um, and stay in one of the hotels that overlooks the lake. So I think that's that's one of the that's three most beautiful cities we have: Zurich, Bern, and Lucerne. Best of luck on the tour. Thanks so much, Kevin. And yeah, it's been a real privilege being on being on hitting the high note, and uh, we appreciate it so much that you took some time and uh, uh, to do this interview. And we look forward to hopefully seeing you at. Uh, one of the festivals yeah that would be great and thank you phil and florian for joining me today thanks man we'll talk to you when we have more uh more amazing tour stories from the awesome uh, the land of the Swiss. absolutely see you soon kevin see you soon florian. kevin thank awesome. you so much man have You're a great welcome, rest phil. of your day my friend thanks you too peace out man we'll talk to you soon okay see ya see ya best peace, success kevin. thank you Hi, I'm Florian Fox, and you're listening to Hitting the High Note. The first song I'm going to play for you by Florian Fox is Swiss Guy from his 
album made in the USA. Swiss Guy by Florian Fox. The next song I'm going to play for you by Florian Fox is South Wind off of his album Made in Nashville. Jacksonville and left me cold and lonesome in the rain. South wind, you took her off to Nashville, left me choking in the smoke behind the train. And you go
are ticking and about this time tomorrow I'll be gone Sadlin But if I had forty dollars I would buy myself a smile to carry on And you Fox and Phil Chandler. I'm Kevin Cusack. Thank you all for listening to Hitting the High Note. Have a great day.